Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons. I'm your host and Dungeon Master Kenny, and this is definitely the first time we tried recording tonight's session. <laughs> Don't think about it. I wouldn't have fixed it if it was still in post. So, we have our Sorcerer. Hey everyone, it's Jeff playing Oroelio. Our Rogue. Hey, this is Hannah playing Brindolin. Our Druid. Robert playing Cub. That's it. That's everything. <laughs> Our ranger. Hey, this is Clay as Rodnar. Our paladin. Hey guys, this is... I almost said... Kicking shit right today. It's good as Dakota. <laughs> Our fighter. Hey, it's James playing Arthur. I, I think that's everybody. Did I miss anybody? No. Uh, All right. Cool. Sorry, because we're definitely not having technical difficulties. Everything's <laughs> going fine. So thank you once again for joining us for our sort of Yalzar campaign uh, here at the podcast of Kitty Does Stuff. So when we last left off, you guys had uh, mended Frederick and uh, taken Eric as uh, prisoners from the little bandit encounter you all had and have sort of gotten yourselves together to go towards the, the Giant's Keep. Yeah. That sounds about right. So, is there anything else that you guys want to do? Sort of make sure you get done before you arrive? How far are we from traveling? Is it like another days? Or I want to say it was two days tops at this point. Alright. Um, I just want to make sure our package is safe and everything. Alright, uh, to what degree do you do that? Do you, like, you know, pull it out and, like, look it all over? Or do you just kind of, like, give it a look and see that it's still where it was? I'm gonna give it, like, a once-over and make sure that, like, nothing's really changed with it. Like, nobody's broken in. What if there's locks okay. on it? So, to yeah. this, um, Arthur... You haven't seen this thing before, so you're going to see that the the paladin sort of pulls out this simple-looking container, uh, lo looking like case, but it's, uh, I believe I described it as, like, highly locked, so, like, there's a, a seal on it that's wrapped around once, um, so it looks like this is, this is something important, but it's not, like, gilded. It doesn't look, like, regal, necessarily. Right. It just looks like a highly secured lockbox. Uh, sort of, yeah. Okay. I mean, as as odd as it might be to have a highly secure lockbox, uh, people traveling in large groups, I'm not going to find it all that suspicious. Yeah, it's uh, the only thing that would probably pop out is that it's not locked. It's sealed with like a wax seal. So like, this thing opens once, and then it's not like, you know, resealable. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So at that point, Eric just sort of looks over to um, Dakota and says, "What's uh, what's what? What you got there? What the package? Are you taking it to my lord?" In a way. Oh. Cool. What is it? That is none of anybody's business. Oh, 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 okay, okay, all right, yeah. 
It's terribly mysterious. Hey, I mean, above my pay grade, I get it. Sort of backs off. Anything else that you all want to make sure you do before you arrive at the keep? Training montage. Okay. Uh, I say we all have a nice dinner before going in. No, they'll feed us when we get there. No, Arthur's right. We should have a little dinner. Plenty of rations and old eggs. (laughs) Cub, Cub, Cub produces the lizard meat that was fresh cut from Arthur's. I mean, I could probably do something with that. Does anybody have any spices? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole we table just salt, looks boys. at the ranger. Uh, I yeah, got have salt and cloves and saffron at the moment. Uh, can can I use some of those to prepare dinner for tonight? Yeah, for everyone. Yeah. I would like to say with a full disclaimer, none of these saltiest people. That's an odd thing to say, but I'll allow it, I guess. I mean, it'd be weird as probably right. I mean, it should be comforting to you. I do not know why you're giving me the face. It is real. Thank you. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and start cooking dinner. Uh, And that's just a. What would that be? Just a raw D20 with proficiency if you're proficient with... I am. Chef's tools. Someone call him Mr. Kitty because he make him biscuits. Uh, A total six? Yeah. Well, you don't burn it. Yay. So it's totally palatable. It's food. This This is a nice change of pace from eating rations all the damn time, but that's about it. It sure does taste like food. Good job, Arthur. Brimming with pride. Why, thank you. I offer some to Nexus and he won't eat it. I, uh... Since we're stopping for now to eat, would anybody care for playing a game of dragon chess with me? Nerd. (laughs) I mean... Alright. I'm not good at it, but alright. I'll take out my, uh, dragon chess set. And uh, set it up. Are you proficient in dragon chess? I am. <laughs> Alright, roll it out. Alright, how do we roll this? Just d20s plus your proficiency modder- modifier if you're proficient in dragon chess. Alright, both of these dice have to go to jail. That was a four. <laughs> Ten. Okay. So, Dakota, you, you definitely beat Arthur uh, during and over the course of, you know, dinner being eaten and put away at a game of dragon chess. <clears throat> Best seven out of 13. Again! Yeah, that's what best seven out of 13 means. I reset the, the boards. Okay. Roll it again. Uh- Cub just watches on in amazement. I did not do any better. That's a three. Fuck Who's me. twenty-one? Um, can I interject in their roles? Yeah. Who's making an, a terribly painful move? Probably me. I just rolled a three. Say Arthur, probably. Um. Can I just? 
cast a mage hand to move a spectral hand and try to boot, do a different move than him. And like, do a better move or a worse move? Let's find out. <laughs> well, well <clears throat> give me a deception and tell me what your intention is. Um, to slap his hand out of the way and try to do a better move. Okay. So and roll a deception. Yeah. Let's see here. Good luck me. No. Jesus. It's not a better move. <laughs> no. It's not just that it's not a better move, but you try and whisk wispily slap Arthur's hand out of the way with your mage hand and uh, and Arthur is like you feel like a breeze hit your wrist that's weird why does it feel like a soft caress of a person who isn't there so Just after the like Another 23 rounds of chess that we're not going to roll for. <laughs> right. All right. So, uh, do you guys want to just keep rolling out games of dragon chess? Or no, is we there can advance the plot here. Okay. Dur during one of the exchanges that I used. That was a nat 20. Oh. <laughs> That's a 10. That's as good as I'm going to get for tonight. Fuck it. So, when, when he inevitably does his, like, one turn win... Uh, I, I use my Drew Craft and I, I do a, a breeze against him so he can get that same experience that Arthur had. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel something telling me that that should be the last game. Me too. <laughs> a voice in my ear telling me to get on with it. I'll put it all back away and uh, my dragon chest set probably still has the letter that we have sealed and everything. Uh-huh. Hmm. I will go about setting up my tent now. Alright. So, it's a peaceful night under the, the, the stars of the open dunes. But, uh, you know, another day of travel, and you guys arrive, you guys can see, rather, in the distance as it approaches, uh, on the horizon, a massive, stony keep just sort of rises up out of the dunes as you approach. Uh, hmm. It's it's truly massive. I mean, maybe it's not like the biggest castle in the world, but you know, with nothing really to measure it against other than sand dunes, it looks gigantic. It looks pretty gigantic. <laughs> this yep. man has many coins. Uh, either that, or he just has a lot of insecurities. Or no, I see many guards. This is very securities. This is very securities. Yep. I love That's it. That's a sentence now. It's, uh, it's English, allegedly. It's, uh... it's Orwellian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> I rolled <laughs> It's pretty good. I oof is a free action, and, uh... <laughs> I look at the gigantic keep and kind of like, is Eric near me? Yeah. Just like, give him a little tap on the shoulder. Is this your boss's place? He nods. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll hail the keep portacollis 
uh, when we get close, we can get in that then. Good, good, good. Remember to tell him how amazing we were at treating you well. Uh, of course, absolutely. Or you will die. Good man, Eric. No. <laughs> that that part's not happening. That's not that's not happening. No, that's not true. No, like. No, he's a joke. He's he's a prank. Ruffle <laughs> Eric's hair with my giant hand. Right. Orpelio just stabs a skull in his direction. <laughs> Look, it's joke. <laughs> Menacing. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, you all can see that there are, uh, around the sands of this area, there are just streaks of glassed sand. Um, almost like someone poured molten glass onto these dunes, just like slicks of it. Not like what you had seen before with the fra with the fire salamanders. Those were just like little lines, you know? Little, maybe one foot wide. These are like swaths of the nearby desert have been heated so hot that they've become glass. There is nothing wrong with this, and I'm sure we are in no danger. Um... You, you sure we have to be here? This seems like a really dangerous place to be? Uh, no, Eric sort of stammers. The boss sometimes likes to throw boulders off the side of the keep walls. It's a, it's a, it's a pastime for him. Oh, and, well, oh. as he grips them, they seem to generally fall to flame. And, well, you can see what happens. Oh. Okay, then. Uh, huh. Don't get hurled off the battlements on the fire. Got it. Well, and there's also, we get attacked by red dragons sometimes. What? This desert is just getting worse and worse by the second. Can we go in now before we get roasted? Well, they haven't attacked in years. But, huh. but I'm yeah. sure that means that it won't happen anytime soon and you'll probably all be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric just like whistling the time away. Uh, Go, lizards. <laughs> Orwellio would climb towards the front of the cart and point towards the gate. Alright. So you can see that the, the baseline of this keep is quite high off of the ground. In fact, like the bottom 30 feet of it is just foundation. Um as it d disappears into the sand. Uh, it almost looks like this thing is like an antlion coming out of this cave of sand. Um, and as you sort of approach, there's uh, sort of another foundation at this point where it peaks at a dune. Uh, and Eric has like guided you all to, to drive to that. And he says, uh, let me out. I'll, I'll, I'll wave the secret gesture and they'll lower the, the drawbridge. And let us in. Okay. All right. So he he goes. He steps up and gets in front of the the lizards and does some manner of like gesture and hollers who he is, what his rank is, and uh, you know that he's back from patrol. And uh, 
you can see, you know hear the machinations of the iron chains just like clanking, clanking, and this massive drawbridge sort of begins to slide down and extend forward down to the sort of fortified position you guys are at. Uh, and as it comes to a stop, you know, Eric gets back towards the, the cart and says, all right, we should we should probably cross once it's down. The boss doesn't like keeping the drawbridge down longer than it's got to be. Okay. Okay. Chase, you would not want the other dragons getting in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sound a little nervous, Eric. You ever fought a red dragon? It's pretty terrifying. You seem to have done all right. I was terrified. Some of them even say I didn't even fight. <laughs> but let, let's let's go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you guys, you know. Drive onto the drawbridge. And the drawbridge is pretty wide. It's like a good 25, 30 feet wide. You could probably fit two of these carriages on it without bumping shoulders. Um, and so you cross it, and you know, Portocollis raises up as you come in, and the drawbridge closes up as you all enter the keep. You can see that there are dozens of similarly garbed people in this keep to Eric and uh, Frederic. And, uh, you know, Eric says, you know, hey, I got some people here. They want to go talk to the boss. And they're like, all right, whatever. Uh, and he's like asking after Mikkel. Has Mikkel come back? And presumably that's the guy that ran away. Mm. Um, and they were like, eh, I think so. He's like, great. He survived. And they were like, what? He's like, don't worry about it. Sorry. <clears throat> One one guard looks at Bree like what? Uh, so you guys are offered to either you know bring the caravan to the keep or to to the palace itself, and while you meet the boss, or you can leave it stabled here. Uh, can um. I mean, if, if it goes down the road, fine. Then we can just take it to wherever we're going. Uh, all right. So you guys make your way by guide of Eric to the palace grounds. Frederick is taken from you all. He is taken to the infirmary because his wounds are, you know, still pretty pretty bad. Right, like, the whole dying thing. Yeah, he's recovering fine, but, you know, he'd probably take another day or two to get on his feet good. Um, have a beautiful time so you know let me describe this keep a little bit you know so this is a very stereotypical castle layout um there's the outer wall and then there's you know trade uh professionals out in the outer courtyard then there's an inner wall to the inner keep where you know a lot of the residents and barracks and military stuff is and then there's the palace grounds behind a, a third layer of walls um, so, you know, you can see in the tradesman district, the outer wall section, there's all kinds of, you know, um, you know, maintenance being done, you know, bricks and stones being, you know, hewn, uh, <clears throat> construction rings the air. This, uh, this place almost looks like a castle town 
um, if it wasn't for the fact that like pretty much everyone here, if they're not like maybe a captive tradesman, judging by the fact that a lot of them have leg shackles, um, they're wearing the attire of the sort of uniform of this place. Uh, in the inner grounds, you can see that there's like a training yard where dozens of these people are training and fighting um, and honing their craft. And then you can see the palace before you. It's this huge single structure with massive double doors, uh, obviously for the resident within. Eric sort of looks at you guys and says, so, do you, I, I assume you all just want to meet the boss now? <laughs> yeah! Jeez, uh, this desert is hell. Um, <laughs> right. Looking around, when um, am I able to see... Is there a smithy? Yeah, there definitely was a smithy in the inner grounds. Okay. Like a royal-type smithy that might have a really important rustwork at it? Probably. I mean, hell, you can even hear the ang- anvil sing. I mean, that's who we're here to see. But yeah, um, Aaron. Yeah. Is it often proper custom for your settlement here to come in, meet your boss first, and then do business, or do people often come and go, meeting with tradesmen? Oh, oh, come, come, both. <laughs> uh, I mean. If you're trying to go to the outer grounds and do, you know, with, with, with the trade traders there, then, you know, I don't think you need to bother the boss with that. But, I mean, I'm sure he'd want to reward you for um, bringing me and Frederick home, you know? <laughs> I think he spared our lives and all. Yeah, but I killed one of them. And before we go in, is there any customs we should be... N- informed about before going in uh, 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 well you should definitely be yourselves <laughs> uh, um, y- you know the boss likes like any boss I think likes to be spoken kindly towards he, you know he is the the leader around here um, you know a, 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 a bow or a curtsy would 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 probably be appropriate okay and Say that our business here has to do with a meeting a particular person, you... such as like a great smith of sorts. You you might need to talk to the boss about that. He might not let a bunch of strangers um, have access to his 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 court artisans. Okay, thank you. Just wanted to cover bases before we met. Such a great person. Such a giant person. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, let's... Yeah. And so he sort of begins to go up towards the great hall uh, of the palace grounds and request the doors be opened, to which about a half dozen guards sort of lay up their pikes um, and begin to pull... The, the assisting chains to open the door. As the door opens, you can feel a cool wind sort of flow over the, the inner grounds. 
you can tell the interior of this place is much cooler and, and like, pleasant than outside. I sigh in relief. I also sigh in relief. A nice change of pace, to be sure, from the heat of this place. Uh, with that, Eric sort of gestures you all to follow uh, and to probably leave the cart behind in the palace grounds. Uh, do, do we want to take anything from the cart or have somebody watch it? <laughs> somebody should remain behind to watch the cart, at least. Just in case, you know. Cub will stay behind. I was about to say, I'll do it. I don't really have business here. I'm just along for the ride until I can get back to town. So who's staying, Cub? Cub will stay with the lizards. Okay. I'll stay with Cub. All right, so two of you are there. Orwellia, Rodnar, Bree, Brindelin, and Dakota go inside. Yeah. Right. So um, Eric sort of, you know, leads you all into the Great Hall, and it's a pretty standard, like, palace from the interior, you know? Uh, there's one major, like, huge, giant-sized hallway that is just, like, the the foyer, the dancing room, and... Uh, sorry, the ballroom, and the throne room. And probably also the feast hall during times of such. But there's also, d like, dozens of smaller doors and one large door back near the throne uh, that leads into offshoot rooms. And there some hundred plus feet away, sitting upon a large fur-lined throne, uh, sitting in what could best be described as the biggest sheet of chainmail you've ever seen, is um, Ed Embry hair. His skin is sort of dark and... Uh, tan from living in the fucking desert uh, and he has this sizable um, vessel that looks like you know to be transporting large quantities of water like tens of dozens of gallons of water um, holding it like a cup and he as, sort of raises it to you all as you approach uh but he does not stand from his throne. Uh, uh, good. Before we get too close, what does what does the fire giant like to be addressed as, or what is his name? I don't even remember his name. He goes, oh, oh well. You easiest to follow his lead, but that he likes to use. So I would. Yeah, follow as he calls himself. My uh, adventurer's guild sigil, like... ...strapped to the front of my armor so that it's... Um, very, very visible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, good? Uh, no, go ahead with what everybody else is going to do. 
Breathe one. I woke up with my mouth open and my eyes wide. Okay. Uh, so Eric sort of stands in front of you all in a line behind him. Uh, horizontal line, not uh, one single file line. Uh, and he sort of bows rather deeply and says, Boss, I have brought people that wish to, to speak and meet with you. They're, they're not from the desert, uh, as you can tell. Uh, and, well, they they saved my life and Frederic from certain death out there. They, they, they brought us back, and Frederic is recovering in the infirmary as we speak. My lord. And he sort of bows. Uh, to which the, the, the giant sort of leans forward uh, and takes a huge audible, like, glug of his cask of water. And then stroking his beard with the other hand while he rests on the arm that holds the cup. He goes, So, a bunch of wanderers on my dunes have come to meet me directly. Oh, almost noble. Very well. I have met you, and you have not met me, but you will, and know me deeply, if you don't already. (laughs) You may call me Phoenix the Risen, the Rising, and the King of this desert. Um, I'll step forward and give a fist over my heart in um, uh, greeting and bow my top half and say greetings phoenix risen and rising king of this desert i am takoda pathweaver of the northern tribes of the yakful and we come on behalf of business with the adventurers guild and we would ask you if we could enlist the aid of your famous smith To which uh, Phoenix looks down at you directly and looks and sees your your Adventurer's Guild uh, insignia and goes, Ah! Indeed you are from the Guild. Tis been many moons since I've seen one of you people come all the way deep into my domain. What about the rest of you? Do you have names? He sort of grins. Uh... Or Orwellio would step up <clears throat> with the skull in his right hand and bow both of them. And say we are Orwellio. I'll run up kind of behind Orwellio and, and bow with my nose almost touching my knees and say Brindelin. Or you can call me Bree. Uh I'll I'll speak to him in giant because I know that language. And, uh, uh, what's the like? Address him by his title. Have Phoenix the Risen and Rising King of the Desert. Uh, I am Rodnar Venice. I am a, a merchant from the Orc clans who's doing work for the Adventurers Guild. Hmm. Very good. I see, and he speaks. he's speaking back to you directly, Rodnar, also in Giant. It is very flattering to hear the voice of my people on, well, not my people's lips, mayhaps. 
but it is pleasant all the same. More fine and rugged than some of the smaller languages. That it is. A great appreciation for the giant language. Yes. Smart decision sort of gives you one eye as he sort of looks up in one direction, stroking his beard. So, a merchant working for the Adventurer's Guild. I'm sure that you will find plenty of opportunities to ply your trade in the lower district. There are always and often things that we can sell and things we're looking to buy. In fact, I believe if you have any of that salt from the brine lake, that is always a popular commodity for us to salt our meat, help it keep in this rough desert. Oh, we do have some of that! Yeah. So you, excitable one, looking to Brindlin, you mentioned your name and a very fine bow, but what are you? into this troop you are in. Uh, she would sort of like walk up and like bow excessively low and be like Phoenix, the rising desert. I am helping this sad bunch of people find their way and and I just, just sort of mumbling and, and going on about things that are ridiculous. Hmm. Eric, step forward, lad. And he does so. Gets, you know, within 20 feet of Phoenix. Your captain came earlier than you, said that you were bringing murderers. Are these them? Eric sort of, like, looks, begins to look over his shoulder, and Phoenix interjects, I said, is this them? Eric sort of looks back, you know, without being able to fully dedicate a look over his shoulder. Uh, No, no, these are not murderers. They, like I said, boss, they spared my life. And Frederick's. To which the giant relaxes in his chair takes another drink of his water and then leans back forward with renewed vigor. So, you bring assassins into my court after failing in your patrol. Not all of you came back, and I have conflicting stories. Frederick will meet me soon, but you have already. And with that, he sort of raises his other hand up high and crushes Eric with his, with his massive <gasps> fist. Jesus. Uh, and after he sort of pulls his hand up, his fist up, he like swats the corpse uh, and it plants on a wall. Uh, and he wipes the blood from Eric's body on his pant leg and he leans back in his throne. I can tell you're not killers. So, you're here for, what was it again, exactly? Um, I'll close my eyes for a second after taking a look at where he swatted Eric, 
and then look back at him and say, We come on behalf of the Adventurer's Guild to meet with your infamous smith and request his aid for the guild. It does not require him leaving, simply that we meet with him. Um, sort of rolls his hand in a gesture of like, so what is it exactly that you're looking for from my smith? I can't just lend his prowess and service to a bunch of random dune stalkers for the Adventurer's Guild. What kind of king would I be? Of course, of course. It is for... Trying to word this. It is for an artifact that must be restored. Let me see it. We can show you the box, but to open such a thing, we it is not it is not part of the contract. I'm sorry, it must remain sealed until a smith sees it. So if you would like, we can show you the box that it, that it, it contains, but not what is within it. Uh, to, to this, he sort of... You can see him sort of beginning to become impatient. His, uh, his offhand is, like, beginning to grip and break part of the throne. Uh, Someone get the box! Fetch the smith. Uh, to that several attendants sort of dispatch out of the, the palace and a moment later you can see he's sort of relaxing as time passes um, as you all sort of awkwardly stand there and the stench of a dead body begins to build. Is the uh, captain in the room? No. Okay. A few moments later, a rust dwarf very clearly clad in blacksmith attire uh, shuffles into the hall by guidance of a couple of guards. And you can see his skin is, you know, blackened with with coal smoke and I mean this guy just looks like a smith he looks like a smith who for one reason or another has less time away from the forge than he does at it Uh, and there's a big margin between those two Uh, and he sort of looks to you all briefly before he looks to his giant and goes phoenix Uh, to which the giant responds I am your king, and you will address me as such. Or are those shackles about your ankles not tight enough? We had them loosened when you complained about your bone feeling through. To which you can see, if you look, like this, this dwarf has definite binding wounds around his ankles. Uh, although he's not in them now. No. What have I been summoned for, King? His voice obviously dripping with veminence for this for this giant. To the, which he never answers the question. Uh, Phoenix looks to you all and says, "Well, you have your Smith. Open the fucking box." Um, for a second, with sort of like a. I don't know, like a sad 
twinge, head towards the door and say, I will retrieve it. Open threshold. Uh, and probably heard the slam and slap, but you also saw the guards come out and go around the bend of the wall to where the anvil's with this rust dwarf smith. In tow. And you can see, you two actually see them unshackle his legs as he comes around to the front of the palace. I don't think we're here to do hero's work. Cub just kind of like shrugs and... So, uh... A moment later, after he goes in, Takoda comes out. I'll look to Cub and start opening up the, um... the cart and be like... We require the package. Eric is dead. <sighs> I am liking this place less and less. We are in... <laughs> we are in agreement, Arthur. And I'll get the box out. Alright. Well, no point in staying with the cart now. Maybe we should just go with him. I don't know, look at Cub. I just kind of hop onto the box as Dakota picks it up and carries it. <laughs> and Phoenix looks past the party to the, the people just coming in and goes, And who are these new ones? My name is Arthur, and uh, I am one of them. I am the person that your men ambushed in the desert on what I can only assume to be no reason other than Eric was a coward in addition to, to a failure. His death he was just. Back. He came back. I wouldn't call that cowardice or failure. Bah. I, I hope you treated his captain with similar disdain, considering he ran away and left his men in the desert. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> What about you, quiet little one? You have a voice? I just kind of give a shake of the head as if to say no. Step forward. I hop off the box. The You can see the giant sort of leaning over towards you. And he goes, open your mouth. I open my mouth. You have a tongue. It's not been cut. Do you all keep a mute in your company? I just kind of give like a salute, like two-fingered salute off my head. We think he can talk, but um, it uh, doesn't really happen. Well, then I've never heard him speak. 
but I'll not have to bother hearing words of him. Back in line with the rest of your troop. Just gonna give like the, the smith all. Okay. It's a low grumble coming from Arthur. At least he speaks about as much as Orwellio does. <laughs> <laughs> the skull that is. <laughs> so with that, the giant says, "Smith, bring me that." The smith like looks at Dakota. I'll look down at the smith and I'll hand him the box and you have it in your hands now we haven't been informed of much else the smith gives you a weird look and and Dwarven very quietly says who are you people do you speak Dwarven I do not I do I know a lot of languages. Yeah, anyone who does speak Dwarven can make a perception check to try and see if they heard that or not. So, Gnomish and Dwarven are described in the book as similar? Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to double check. Let's say for, for right now that, sure, you know, if you know Gnomish, you know Dwarven. Okay. Uh, I probably don't hear it with a grind total of six. I got nineteen. Is that a covenant roll? If you want. Do you want to just do it like so we can kind of get a general idea as to what's being said? Like we don't understand entirely. Let, let's not bother ourselves with the mechanics too much until we get a solid answer. Like I said, I can okay. check it between sessions. So what's your, what are your roles for perception? Oh. I got a six. I, I probably don't hear it. Cup? Uh, combined seven. Okay. Brindlin? Twelve. Okay. I'm sorry, that was a nine. I'm proficient in perception. Okay, so Rodnar and Brindlin, you both hear him say that. With sort of like a curious twinge to it. Um, Arthur, what'd you get? You said six? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the smith walks over to Phoenix and presents the small box to him uh, and then breaks the wax seal and opens it. Uh, you all see the giant's face kind of go from sort of repressed aggression to sort of awe that it's about to be opened and then immediate disappointment. You all were sent out all the way to the middle of the desert to visit my kingdom with this? To bother my smith with this? Fine. Take my smith for a day's service if it gets you and your stupid guild out of my kingdom for the time. Uh, y yes, thank you. We will be out of your... Be gone! He sort of casts a gesture at you all. Um, 
I'd be gone, but I, I kind of keep with the smith. Alright, so the smith comes back, hands you all the box that's been opened, and you can see, you know, he has the, the top half under the bottom half. And you can see inside is a velvet, you know, interior to the box, and lying inside on the velvet is... Unmistakably, it's a rusty, old short sword. What? And I thought my sword was shitty. Like, it clearly has some, you know, you wouldn't just see this on the rack at, like, an arms dealer. Like, there's a jewel in the hilt and a, you know, a, a crystal sort of shard for a pommel. But, like... The leather wrappings around the handle are faded and molted away. The blade's covered in rust. It's the whole thing's like two feet long, you know. Like it, this is not an impressive weapon by anyone's take. Well, Aaron knew one except Orwellio. He looks at the thing with absolute awe, like he could see the beauty behind all of the rust and faded glory. And then that's when he would say, it is beautiful. And he would also show it to the skull. What do you think? Uh, make a unmodified d20 check. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Orwellio, and only to Orwellio, um, you see a moat of energy rainbow in color form as a little globule on the hilt of the sword and flow in a slow lazy spirally flight path until it rests on Orwellio the skull and it melds into the bone and you can see a flicker of life of fire inside the skull He would just make an odd sound as he stares at the skull with apparently no reason. But his eyes are absolutely twinkling. He also doesn't tell anyone. He just looks that excited. Orwellio, make a perception check with advantage. I'm going to go with the 16. Right. Good call. Yeah, 16. Probably best. What's the total, then? 16. Oh, you don't have a bonus to perception at all? No! That's amazing. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> yeah, that face. Um, you hear your skull speak a feminine voice to you. It's sort of unsure and feels like it's walking on eggshells despite... And you hear it sort of just sort of whisper to you, can, can this one hear us? Oh, I think, I think this one is sensitive. We have a chance. And that's all you hear. He would um, kind of grab the skull and put it up to his ear as if he was listening to it. Nothing. Don't go away. He would whisper um, to the silence. But... Uh, is greeted with nothing. The only thing anybody else sees during this whole exchange is 
the uh, the crystal embedded in the pommel of this weapon just sort of seems to be gently glowing, like really, really faint. Like, I mean, it could have been the light, you know, mm. potentially right off a bullet. Is my point. <laughs> This thing we have here certainly is ugly, but we're tasked with bringing it to a great number of locations, so I guess it will get better. Plus, looks can be deceiving. The smith looks at all of you with his back to the giant in shock. (laughs) Orwellio gives him a giant stupid grin. And immediately places the top of the casing back on it and tucks it under his arm like he's protecting his child. Uh, and again, and Dwarven says, I will be at the forge. Come immediately. And he sort of scuffles off. I, I kind of like start to stammer back in Dwarven asking where the forge is. And you know what? We'll figure it out. I follow him. Alright. As you all vacate the Great Hall, you can hear uh, the giant... Uh, sort of cursing insolence and indecency in, in of the Adventurer's Guild in Giant. I'm sure that's fine. <laughs> hmm. Is everything okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, nothing's wrong. To just seem a little uh, irritated. Yeah. That man is nothing more than a glorified bully with a crown. Perhaps this thing is true, but he is a bully with a crown, and um, he would count on his fingers looking at the different soldiers. Many men. That doesn't make it right. No, it makes it dangerous. So no stealing, he says, looking at Arthur. (laughs) Me? Deal? Sure, I promise not to steal anything. Good, that was easy. I roll, then just keep walking. (laughs) <laughs> yes all right you are so, lucky to have enforcer like me <laughs> so you all rejoin uh the smith at the forge do you all bring the carriage over to it it's pretty easy to get to from where the front of the palace yeah all right so you guys uh get there and there's a couple of guards and the smith looks at them and says the king has said i'm to be theirs for a day so fuck off sort of like threatens them menacingly with his hammer to which one of the guards just like looks at the other shrugs and says whatever old man they just both leave the smith sort of unveils the the sword and and sets it down and just like you can see his hands sort of hover above it like almost unsure if he's truly like supposed to touch it uh and he looks at you all you know after 
again, sort of double checking that there are no guards here, goes, you all have no idea what this is, do you? Uh, absolutely none. Nope. I'm only a guest. He, like, ushers you all to come close. Just, no one must know. No one must know. I lean in. You all are in the possession of a amazing artifact. Yeah? Any of you, give me your weapon. I hand him my sword. Do you like this sword? Uh, it's gotten me through a lot of scrapes and scratches, but I don't know, it's not that great. I've been looking to trade up. Great. He sort of takes it, puts it in a vice, um, uh, and then takes the, the the sword, raises it up, and you can see... I mean, this guy's a smith for a living. He's not scrawny, you know? He's got very built upper body. Maybe he's pudgy in the midsection, but, like, his tools, his arms are built. And mm-hmm. when he grabs the sword, you can see his strength swell. And he looks at you all, points the short sword at you all and then with the force of like dropping a piece of paper he brings the weapon over and like slides it through the blade of your sword like it's made of butter jeez sorry mom and dad but jesus incredible this is good what is that I've never seen a sword do that before and you will never again. This is not of metal. This is not a weapon of man or dwarf or giant or anything. This, and he sort of like takes a rag and like swipes away a bunch of the open like top layer of rust from the weapon. And you can see this blade is in fact not made of metal. It's made of crystal. Uh, and he says, this uh, is made from the four crystals of Yalzar. Uh, <laughs> um, hold on. Back up. The four crystals of Yalzar. Yes. The, the, the things that bind this world together that heroes throughout the ages have fought to save and protect. Those crystals? Not yeah. the other ones. <laughs> Aurelio, not now. (laughs) Indeed. When the crystals were one, they became four. And in that process, each of them gave a fragment of themselves and melded it together to make a blade. That blade had been passed down from generation to generation of a prestigious house, older than the Dwarven Wars, older than this great city of Yal, older than everything that this rock we know as our home has ever bothered with calling more than three cavemen punching each other with sticks. This sword has always been here, and it will always be here. And if you all have been sent to me to perform my craft on this sword, then something terrible is coming. And you all are going to arm the person who's going to defeat it. 
Am I missing? Arthur sits down. <laughs> Go ahead, Breedlin. Said, am I missing something here? No, it's pretty cut and dry. His magic sword, his good sword, it break thing. We win. A sword older than the existence of any anything that we know, and it's just here. This 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 rusted looking thing is an ancient power created by the four crystals. Just what? <laughs> I don't... Now it's up to us to make sure that it makes it into the right hands. Indeed, yak folk. This is a degenerate version of what this weapon could be. This is not been touched by a smith's hands in who knows how many hundreds of years. I will take my day that I've been given, and I will apply all of the talents I know to refine this weapon, and then you all will take it far from here and never return it. That sounds like a great deal. I think we need to renegotiate our contract. Wait, contract? We are with the Adventurers Guild, but as far as I'm concerned, this goes above and beyond that. Wait, so this sword is important then? Importance and understatement. The smith looks to you and says, Importance above and beyond any of our lives. Certainly above our pay grade. <laughs> I mean, the smith, like, sets the weapon down and says, You, the one who questions, grasp this weapon. Like, gesturing to Breedlin. Okay, I walk up and, like, straighten myself up and then, like, reach out with both hands mm-hmm. and try to grab it. As you grab it, it forms down to a short sword size for you. It feels perfectly weighted despite being ratty and old. And, like, everyone witnessing Brindelin as she picks this weapon up, she visibly grows two inches. And, Brindelin, your strength, dexterity, and constitution go up by two. <laughs> Whoa! Can I, like, whip it around and, like, do some, some cool things with it? Yeah, give me a performance check. I step back. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> All right, so you whip this weapon around lazadaisically, uh, and the, the smith has already taken steps back the moment he sees that you're going to do that. Um, everything you make contact with it, it, it gleans through like it's <laughs> like it's water, um, and the the paths you make with the blade leave a gentle trace of prismatic colored magic in in its wake that dissipate a second later. How much have I destroyed? <laughs> Not much, but like you know, you've 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 sliced through a few inches of a table, um, you know. Maybe you, you put a cut through the vice clamp that's holding uh, Arthur's, short, uh, you know, former, former sword. Okay, seemingly unaware of that, I'm going to be like, this is amazing. And with that, the smith sort of, like, gestures for you to set it down. 
your stats return to normal. He said, looks at you and says, I would ask that you all would stand watch. Sure. Do you of need course. anything else from us? I will fix your weapon. I'm sorry for damaging it. Uh, no, that's that's quite all right. In that level of demonstration, just... Wow. I'm Indeed. not even mad. I will mend your weapon, and I will do what I can with the Sword of Yalzar. Until then, let no guards come near. I must work in utter peace and focus. I will not sleep or rest. And I will not know anything such as a distraction. Worry not for me. This is not my first time. Give me space. And he cracks his knuckles. And allow me to apply what the honor it would be to refine this weapon. And with that, he sort of immediately goes to work. Uh, park the cart in front of the forge? Or in front of the uh, workshop, I guess? Yeah. Right. So Do not get too comfortable. We have selling to do. You have selling to do. <laughs> I can take my goods down to the market. I will come. Okay. Uh, I will remain to guard. So will I. Um, Arthur, shall we go in opposite directions, check around the house, make sure there's no places that we should keep an extra eye to be safe? Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. I want to walk around the house, make sure there's not like a second back door or anything or like any problematic window. Okay. Uh, nothing of the sort, really. Um, you do see that there is a, a sort of back alley between the walls of the palace and this forge, uh, Smithy. Um, and amongst it, you see a uh, box that has a, one side open and evidence that someone lives in that box. Um, I'm just going to go up to the box and since it's obvious somebody lives in a box I'm just going to leave a gold coin okay so uh you all uh, so who, who goes to market is that just Orwellio and Rodnar uh, I think so you want to see at the cart or come with us? Um, she's gonna take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Cub stays with the cart. Okay. I do my patrol with uh, with uh, Dakota. So, um. You all take your your goods down to the trading trading grounds uh, or the trading bazaar area. Um, what what goods do you have? Well, I have forty pounds of salt mm -hmm. and a pound of cloves and saffron. Uh, do you have any price tags for what those are going for in the PHB or anything? 
Yeah. As soon as I open that page. Should have just written them down. You should get like a page that's just the actual, you should just draw price tags for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Presuming that you don't have price tags for the salt? Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, not, I have no idea how much that's worth. You, you find that people down there are interested in buying the salt for about a pound of, a coin, a pound of gold. Okay. So you easily sell the salt for that much if you choose to. Standard going rate is about a gold a pound. I'm gonna try to sell it at like 1.2 gold. So like a hundred. What would that be? 12 silver. Yeah. 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 So this, this is the freshest salt you'll have. It came. It was uh, freshly mined two days ago. So you're trying to get 48 instead of 40. Yes. Uh, go ahead and. and Roll a persuasion check. Fifteen. Uh, you find buyers easily enough, actually. People here seem pretty desperate for the stuff. You feel like if you really wanted to take extra time, you probably could have sold it for a little bit more, but this went pretty pretty well. So you make your 48 gold. Yeah. Uh, and you're able to get about 90% value for your spices. Cool. Good deal. Is there anything that you're looking to buy in terms of trade goods? Uh, I want to ask around and see if this town is known for any anything in particular that might be valued elsewhere. <laughs> All right, uh, go ahead and give me a uh, market evaluation skill check. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's uh, say a insight check for that. Or no, investigation is actually pretty perfect for this. Investigation? Okay. Twelve. So you take a little time, uh, and obviously, uh, as, as sort of silly as it might sound, sand is actually, um, you know, a, a pretty great export from here. Um Plenty of people far from the desert have uses for sand. Uh, and while it's not, like, super valuable per cubic foot, um, you know, it's it's pretty exclusive to this area in terms of where, it, you know, you could buy the stuff. And it is, you know, desert sand, which is obviously a lot more desirable uh, in many ways than, you know, like beach coast sand doesn't have as much of a salt content to it, has, you know, different properties, and it's a lot cleaner, generally speaking. So there, there is an argument to load up your caravan with a bunch of, salt, bunch of sand, but 
um, if you go for some of the more novelty goods or or sorry more luxury goods rather than their the the trade goods of bulk sand uh you could probably make more money so this would be things like they have a couple of talented silk makers here that would sell you bolts of silk uh for a pretty good price mm-hmm. are are bolts of silk posted anywhere in terms of good value Silk is 10 gold per square yard in the book. Okay, so let's say that they'll sell it to you for 70% of that. Okay. And uh, the sand sifters will sell you sort of, you know, filtered sand for, like, you know... They'll fill like a water bell of barrel of it for like two gold. I'll take I'll take both of those. I'm gonna take fifty six gold worth of silk and a barrel of sand. Okay. So they assure you that this sand has been, you know, filtered. There's no refuse. There's no, you know, animal parts. Nothing in the, like this is just pure sand. Uh, so you know, people, especially in the construction business, will will probably want to buy it. Excellent. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um. Does anyone else have any business in the market or well yet? I simply came along to make sure you get a good deal. Rodner's like, don't tell him I stole this silk, you know? (laughs) (laughs) This shit's going to be big money later. (laughs) Are Are there any really, really nice hats? Yeah, definitely. I would like to purchase a hat. They, they throw in a silken hat James. with how much silk he just bought. He puts it on the skull. It encapsulates the skull because they gave you a hat for your head, which has like flesh and shit on it. Wondrous. That's his business is concluded. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll go back up to the forge when we're done. All right. Um, so back at the forge, uh, not much has, has happened. However, the uh, smith um, beckons you all to him when you to return to the carriage. I go inside. He uh, hands you all a, a silver ingot. And says, I I have a request. To do what I want to do, I'm going to need you all to do something for me. Sure. This, this ingot of silver is in a prime state. Very finely minted. Dare say, I did it myself. Now. You all must go and plunge... This sil- this silver ingot in a flame sack of a red dragon. 
Oh, okay, no problem. Good. That sounds easy. <laughs> well, easier than you might think. You see that the... whatever liege of this keep keeps several small and young dragon whelplings and wormlings in his dungeons below. If you tell him that you will butcher one for him, he won't notice the fire gland go missing. Are you sure he'll let us go down there and do that for him after early? If not, and he sort of jingles a key ring around his waist, I have other methods. Are we back yet, or are we still away? No, this started when you guys came back. Okay. Does he keep them for sport? No, he wishes to grow them so he can have his twisted scientists study them and learn how to best them in combat easier. What if Orwellio has an idea? The smith looks to you expectedly. What if we find the mother? What if you find the mother down there? Well, not me personally. No, I mean, what if we find her? Like? To tell her the babies are in the dungeon. We can make it a party. Then I imagine you will invite a host of red dragons to come and attack. This sounds like a party, yes. That's a lot of bodies, and I'm not about that. You just said how much this place is bad, people. No, he is a bad person. Who works for a bad person? People who don't have a choice. So you murdered innocent man earlier. I understand now what you're saying. Are we the bad guys? Are I hope not. If you're very conflicted. It'll stop being confusing at some point. So, if we go to the Lord of this Keep, and we tell him that we will butcher one of his dragons for him, do we tell him so that he may feast on it? Or for science? Tell him that his butcher needs a new carcass to work on. He can't go down into the dungeon himself. I want to, like, y- like stretch and yawn and go, Ooh, did I hear we're eating dragon tonight? I hope not. It beats the alternative. If you all don't want to go and kill a wormling, then I can tell you where the host of red dragons is nearby, and I'll have to buy time. It won't be close. I think the small one in the dungeon will probably be fine. I feel like you all underestimate the sense of adventure, but what do I know? While I'm not against adventure, Orwellio, this <laughs> is within our time's restraint. He killed Claudio. 
Cub Who? moves behind Orwellio as if to back him on this. Claudio, the guy we saved. Oh, Eric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur is clutching his forehead much in a very similar way that I am now. Um. Well, I don't really mind either way. If we want to go invite a bunch of dragons to burn this place down, uh, which we should, I, I while that would suck for some people, maybe we could. I don't know. No, we we can't we can't fight the giant. He would lose a lot of treasure in the whole burning down the palace thing. Jose. We should do what the Smith suggests. The sword is more important than anything we are arguing about right now. And the faster it gets away from here, the faster the giant won't have it. Exactly. And I feel like that's his agenda if he ever figures out what it is. Man, I've always wanted to taste a dragon. Well, you might have your chance, but frankly, it would leave a bitter taste. Well, let's all get this done. Get back soon for our friend here to finish. So are you all going to approach him directly, or shall I give you a couple of keys? We could double down and get both. I suppose both is probably the best way to go. Cover our bases. I don't like your odds with both. I give you the keys, you go in there, get told no, and then you go and trespass, and eh, he'll kill you for that. Right. You just go and trespass, well, maybe you didn't know you were supposed to not be there, or, well, maybe you can lie. Maybe, I don't know, I'm not a, a cut purse. Maybe we just bring a whole host of angry parents down on this place. Let's... Go talk to him first, and then we'll figure out what to do from there if he says no. Must did suggest being up front. Speaking of must, Coda, don't you have a letter from him that you're supposed to read? You're right! You're right! I'll... Hold on a sec. I'll go get the letter out of my dragon chest. Yep. <laughs> Why do we keep saying it like that? Because we're <laughs> fucking nerds. Because who plays a fucking board game in their tabletop game? <laughs> Listen, my background let me have one proficiency in a tabletop board game. In the tabletop board game. I get it, I'm just sassing you. Oh, I get the letter out of my dragon chest set and bring it back. Okay, has anyone read it before? No. no, we were told not to break the seal. Alright, and to give it to who? Uh, the smith, right? I don't remember. 
I, I remember that it wasn't supposed to be opened until the Smith had the thing, but I don't remember if he was supposed to read it or if we were supposed to. I don't think he was supposed to read it. We were just, we, we were not to read it until we opened the parcel. That was it. Uh, I opened the letter. <laughs> All right. Inside is a very simple message. Uh, so it's not very long. And it simply reads, To the champions of the sword. As you know, I am Mus. And as you all know, you're on a great task before you. If you've opened this letter and are reading it, then that means that you know what is inside your parcel. It is more than it seems. Perhaps the smith has already told you what it is. But allow me to stress further. This relic is ancient beyond years and more magnificent in power than your years of experience could ever prepare you for. Simply holding this sword would make a fighter out of anyone. And as you all take it from place to place and imbue it with additional power, its true form will be revealed and its true might be brought to bear. It is indeed made from fragments of all four of the crystals of Yalzar. And with that, it is also enchanted and entombing the spirits of those crystals. Their whispers will start quiet, but they will urge someone to carry the blade. Do so as you wish, but recognize that as you wield the sword, something will be lost. I'll roll the letter back up and keep it. Did you read it out loud to us? Yes. Okay. I mean, the corners of those tables were lost, but I didn't feel anything else. I think he means more on a philosophical or emotional or psychological sense. You may not be you after a while. Which is why I think we should continue when we transport it to transport it in the box. But this is something we can talk about later. For now, we need to see a giant about... A... need to see a man about a dragon. dragon okay. I just want to say one last time. I can actually talk to him. I had a minor in the dragons. I, I speak the language. I've you never told me that, or will you? You never asked. It's fair. <laughs> but, I look at me, and he would like motion to his just disheveled, hairy ginger everything. <laughs> I am a consummate diplomat. <laughs> I'm a very merry model of the very major general, or however that goes. <laughs> I am the very I'm... model of a scientist solarian. There you go. You're welcome. All right. <clears throat> so you all reapproach the palace. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Right. You are ushered in once again, and the giant is drunk. It's uh, it's not water. He's been drinking. Um, and you can see he's dropped his his cask, and it's spilt some of this uh, white wine on the ground. And you can see him sort of like mumbling and humming to himself. He goes, "Ah, you've returned." What for? Why do you darken my door again? Uh, I'll, I'll address him. No, I'll, I'll speak in giant. Be nice. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, we, we, uh, happened across, uh, one known as a butcher, and he, uh, well, he said he needed a new whelp corpse to work with, and asked if we would be able to go uh, get one for him. Huh. The doctor assured me that he should be capable of handling those damn whelplings. But if he asked, he asked, he asked. Go, go, go as you need. And he sort of points to one of the doors. I go to that door. Okay. Go, 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 go. <laughs> The, he his mind. Yeah, he. You all open the door, and then you can see it leads down a spiral staircase. We go down that staircase. Are we alone on the staircase? Yes. Can we see anything? <laughs> okay. uh, just a spiral staircase. So about three to five feet ahead of you, before it spirals out of your field of view. Okay. So now that we are alone, um, if the way you guys insist on doing this is by murdering a baby, um. I will talk to it and assure it that we meet in no harm, and then you will cut its throat. Oh my god! Well, you didn't want to go with my idea with rescuing them. So now we do it the dirty way. <sighs> there might still be another way. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's no, see. I presented two options. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so as you guys uh, finish going down this. St- you know, circular spiral stairwell. Um, you see, it, it just abruptly ends at a wooden reinforced door. Um, housekeeping. Jiggle the handle to see if it opens. It's locked. And you oh. just hear inside, one, one moment. Uh, and then a little like slit opens, and there's like a little boxy cage on the outside of the door where you all are at, and you can see inside uh, a human of some sort looks through and goes, "Huh, hurry, you all!" Errand boys, where the butcher's <laughs> assistance? Butcher, who? <clears throat> Come inside. You must tell me immediately. He opens the door, and you can see that he is dressed in sort of heavy uh, linen robes that were at some point white, um, but are now caked with old and new bloodstains. You are in what can best be described as the most slipshod triage room slash laboratory surgeon's chamber imaginable. Um, It's not like slick with wet blood on the ground. It's not like gross. But it's disheveled, it's disorderly, there's definitely a cadaver on that table. Um, 
and you know you can hear rattling of cages as several specimens await their turn to meet what is undeniably an invasive and grueling death. I despise a sloppy workspace. And he sounds like he means it. <laughs> the, this man turns to you and says, Who, who, who called me a butcher? I'm, more, I'm a doctor, a scientist. You're an asshole. No. <laughs> he doesn't say that. And, uh, look at Rodnar. Yes. <laughs> he kind like of motion. Gestures at you with oh. a very jabbing finger. You, there, orc, who says I'm a butcher? Uh. The smith? Bah! A fool tending to stupid metal that you can find in the ground. He has no idea what you can rend properly from flesh. And he's sort of just, like, shaking his finger wildly in the air, curmudgeonly, like, continues to insult the smith, the smith's talents and the smith's line of work, uh, while continuing to sort of uh, compliment how good he is at what he does and how his science and his craft is much more intricate and complicated. And, well, the smith just wouldn't understand. Perhaps you would show us the depths of your professionalism. Uh... Bree would like to, um, like, puff up our chest and kind of stride forward and go, Listen, we're here for some dragon meat. Uh, he just, like, stops. He's, like, still, like, boasting to himself, and he, like, stops and turns to you and goes, Oh. Well, fine. Go downstairs. Kill one. I don't <laughs> care. I have dozens. And I'm making uh, more. And he, like, literally bridges his fingers together repeatedly. Thanks. I'll just like inch. All right. Wherever downstairs. He, yeah, he sort of gestures to another doorway, uh, and he goes, "Please go. Do do your stupid errand and be off. Be about. Go." So there's like a bunch of dragons on this floor, right? No, no, no. He he gestures that beneath, oh. down another layer. Okay. All right. So he shows you the door, and it's like, um, it's like a staircase. That's also uh, like a smooth ramp on one side. And you can see the reason for that is that there are like large basins that you would be able to like drag up easily or slide down to move large quantities of, of resources up and down this chamber, this like diagonal stairwell. Yep, dead dragons. Uh, and as the last of you go into that stairwell to head down, you hear him cackle wildly. Pull a lever, the stairs fall flat into themselves, and you all are beginning to skid down as he locks the door behind you. <laughs> okay, I'm having second thoughts. <laughs> uh, you all do you all do you all try and do anything to stop your sliding? Or will uh, try to catch himself? Sure. I'll try and yeah. stay. Can I use my shield as like a skateboard to go down the ship? If you want. No, Legolas. All right, where do you want me to roll for that one? I mean, just, you just, like, body, you like, um, what is it, uh, like, belly surf on your shield? <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, board? I was thinking more of, like, the Legolas down the stairs from the <laughs> rings, but that works, too. Um, if I just want to toboggan this shit, that yeah. works. 
That works too. Um, so anyone who tries to like slow or control their descent, give me an acrobatics check. Ooh, I would like to like, uh, like get into a surfer position and then like oh towards the end, like do a flip onto the ground. Okay. Give me an acrobatics check then. Uh, I'll try to slow myself. I'll try to remain in control on my toboggan. Ten. Okay. Ten. Uh, altogether a twenty. Okay. By some sort of miracle of my giant hooved self, sixteen. All right. So those who got thirteen and higher, you guys are able to, you know, slow your descent. Uh, the rest of you fly down the chute. Um, and, uh, Bree you feel like you had the ability to really manage this, but because you wanted to be flashy, um, <laughs> you kind of goof and slick on some blood near the end of the shoot and sort of fall on your butt. But like you were totally in control up to that point. You just didn't <laughs> stick the landing. Um, so yeah, as you all sort of one by one find yourself at the bottom of this shoot, you can sort of try and, uh, brace your senses from the wafting wave of just like acrid rot and death um as you are in what is best described as a butcher's cellar uh there are dozens of like wormling and whelps and eggs smashed across this room uh and on the far side is a large throbbing scaled fleshy mass with a singular half dragon head hope like on the side groaning in everlasting pain as it can begins to and continue to have barely functioning like not yet finished being cooked children it's continuously birthing like reject dragons yes oh. <laughs> And as is visually on the verge of tears. Yeah, no, fair. Uh, And as this thing sort of wails in your general direction, we're going to roll initiative next time. (laughs) Run of a bitch. (laughs) God, that's gross. This is gross. Yes. So, what? Do you have any weapons? You, You. Sword got cut in half. Yeah, I've got a couple of hand axes. Okay. <laughs> I have like six javelins, so. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine, guys. <laughs> I, I can give you my whip. <laughs> That's not going to help at you all. You need it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so. I, I have a dagger he can have. <laughs> it's been I, very I, clearly I that he has weapons. <laughs> so, I've been your host in Dungeon Master Kenny. I hope I'll see you all next week. We had our druid. Ask me, Cub. Our rogue. Brandlin, you can call me Bree. Our ranger. So this is Rodnar. Our fighter. This is Arthur. Uh, Our paladin. Dakota, and we're seeing some shit. <laughs> and last but not least, our sorcerer. It's Orwellio, and he was right. <laughs> Fuck, we're not going to talk about that. See you guys next week. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>